Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. I like to see. And that is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights, where this week no one still wants top four as mm. Spurs are Spurs, and Fraser Forster has his one game a season to deny Arsenal. European Cup football had an all-time week. Ronaldo's back to stat padding. We get the dodgy sequel to the greatest game of all time. Palace are a nothing team without a Chelsea loanee. No, and we say goodbye to a Premier League legend as Burnley sack Sean Deitch. I'm Bailey Hutchison and with me as always is Chris Ringland. Chris, how are you? It's, out, it's outrageous disrespect straight off the bat for Crystal Palace. What? They turned up the Wembley yesterday without one player and stunk? That, listen, well, 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 we'll get into it. But there, there, yeah. there, there's a lot of people who stunk this weekend, including members of who administrate football clubs <laughs> yeah no we'll definitely get in the pals later but we'll kick off chris with the midweek antics oh. mainly off manchester city going away to atletico okay I, I think i have to lay my cards on the table right now i love atletico madrid they're brilliant i love atletico madrid because the fact that they like do things like win la liga ahead of barcelona and real madrid playing like that <laughs> you, you've got there's like there's one level you've got to respect that and it was because it was Man City, uh, and before that, Man United. Like it, it's it, it's just different. So there, there was a lot to kind of work through in this game. Um, and to be fair, they probably went a bit over the top uh, as well. And That's what you expect, though. Well, you do. I also discovered off the back of this match that there is a six-part Amazon documentary about Simeone. Which, yeah, which I, <laughs> I find um, that as well. Which I am going to watch. Um, but like. <laughs> I'm fascinated by them as a football club. Yeah, they're one of those teams that, like, because they're so different, you need it. Because the entire point of football now is the beautiful game and mm. playing a certain style and everything. You do just need red card merchants, people pulling hair. <laughs> it's brilliant. And it's one of those things, it better not ever win the Champions League because then all of football will turn into it. But to get to the quarterfinals mm. and the blow up every year, is is enough? No, I, 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 no, I would rather have that winning the Champions League than Man City. I think <laughs> it, it's because it's, it's just the ultimate, like, because well, they, well, they will never be the guy. They they will never be Real Madrid, Bayern, PSG, because they're just not built the same way. Especially if Simeone's there, um, and like I have to say, really, there was far too like. All I heard after this match was basically talking about Man City as if they're an endangered species. <laughs> like the amount of protection, it was like oh, you know, they dealt with all these, dealt with all these antics. That what you know? Sorry, I, I've heard far worse than like half a season of playing very amateur football <laughs> than, than than Jack Grealish had to deal with here. No, well, that, that moment was great. I sort of only tuned in for the last fifteen minutes, and I'll be honest, what I watched wasn't football. I barely saw the ball <laughs> on the pitch. I think I initially turned over for the Felipe tackle on Phil Foden. Which was the the real kind of moment, yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest, I have no issue with that. No, I have that, no that issue with that tackle. Great tackle, um, I thought. I, I thought Foden tried to do him. Well, I, the, the way he rolled back on the pitch, I can see why Savage was really annoyed at that. Yeah, if you watch the way Foden comes down, I think he's trying to stamp him. I really do. And I think if there's any team in world football that can recognise that, it's Atletico Madrid. Because there's a whole fascinating side plot to this, which nobody really talked about, which was Stefan Savic played for Man City in yeah. the year that they won the Premier League in the last minute with Aguero. Yeah, he, he really seemed to just have something in him to be like, <laughs> if I'm going off this pitch, I'm taking... It was sort of the Joey Barton in that season. Well, Remember it, whenever he went oh, off and yes. he's like, oh, I'll take one of yous off with me. Because I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm so semi-surprised he's got to that level because I seem to remember, I think it was Julian Lescott and company were the centre-backs. And at that time, 
And I seem to remember he, he got roasted quite a lot for being a bit rubbish. Savage. Mm, and I, I think Lescott's now just BT Sports token Man City. Well, yeah. that, well then Lescott was then one of the pundits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, after, after which they couldn't actually show what Grealish had said to Stefan yeah. Savage because even though you know they were just dealing with athletic antics, of course. I, I didn't mind what Grealish said to him because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, someone needs to say that it was athletic boys at the time. And again, see that see after all this kicked off and Felipe had been Felipe had been sent off what? and kind of just walked about. L- listen, he didn't leave. Listen, I, 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 did, I didn't back his reaction. I mean, I know it was all part of the keeping the clock going and Simeone's sarcastic clapping and all the rest of it. Um, but like the way it went into like the tunnel afterwards and all like the the tunnel after was a disgrace because if you watch that footage no one's doing nothing well, i, I, I didn't know where of... to look I, I didn't know what i was meant to be looking at when i saw that footage yeah <laughs> well the best place to look was the left hand of the screen where scott carson was offering to have savage in the car park <laughs> because if you yeah. look down that tunnel both sides it was the classic football handbags of no one was going to actually do anything they just wanted people there like to hold them back. The, the only and, guy was Savage. Like he's the only one I thought actually could have yeah. like done something. Yeah. And then it all seemed to just go down one end of the tunnel. No one was really going to hit anyone. And then Spanish police got involved. <laughs> and that's whenever it did just go too hectic. It's like, fellas, there's no need for use. And these guys bombed down there as, the, as though it's a security alert. But like, like, let's be honest, Billy. The fact that Stefan Savage got a yellow card for dragging Foden off the pitch, basically headbutting someone and like trying to attack <laughs> every player in the Man City team, and then he got a yellow. I just sort of looked at the ref. I think he was like, oh, wow. Um, all right. <laughs> and that, that's one of the, my favorite things about this whole Atletico thing is that with VAR and everything, yeah, I, didn't, like, I didn't think you could get away with this sort of stuff in the modern game. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is as well, which I never really didn't understand, who I also think actually in recent weeks, I will give him a bit of, a bit of credit, I think Nathan Ake has been brilliant for Man City the past couple of weeks when he's come on and stuff. Um, but for some reason, I don't, I, I really couldn't see why. He got booked in the middle of this world <laughs> as like the only other person, when surely he's the nicest guy on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. And that whole scuffle, I don't know what he did. <laughs> it was, yeah i mean like i i was also semi-surprised that like i know i know you can't be prepared mentally enough for atletico madrid but i was surprised with how pep knows him and how pep also must have a visceral hatred with his catalan roots of atletico madrid and um, why why they weren't more kind of mentally prepared for that because like yeah they dealt all right with it but like i mean <laughs> it could have been better it was yeah, still, it was, i think it's it just such a shock to the system like one nil overall. Like Atletico were not actually out of the tie. No, they, they were. They were. <laughs> they they did. They didn't want to win this. <laughs> I, I think the main hatred Guardiola probably has for Atletico Madrid is the wage Simeone's on. Why? What, what do you mean? Simeone's on thirty mil a year. Was he the highest paid manager in the world? Yeah, unbelievable. To do that week in week out, <laughs> I did love though. I, like you can sense how much the crowd have bought in the Simeone and the way no, he like plays they, football. They were completely into it. The, yeah. the ninety second minute, Atletico didn't look like they had a shot all game, <laughs> and this crowd were getting on as though they had won it. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, like Luis Suarez comes on. You know, <sighs> you've got everybody in. You got someone needs to rescue Joe Felix. Just get him out of there, please. I mean, there's. I mean, like, there's still like. A very good team, like like they do four four two in a non conventional way, you know. <laughs> no, the entire thing just this is what makes the Champions League brilliant. So it does. I, I'd if I could, if I were like a top dog at UEFA, I'd be swapping Villarreal out for this lot. <laughs> <laughs> so because nah, Villarreal no, on the other hand play nah, a defensive nah, style I, of ball no hang on I, no I respect Villarreal because because let's be honest but we all know what the Bundesliga is like we all know Bayern expect they just rule over every team mm. they play it was hilarious the, yeah the fact that Villarreal went through over Bayern Munich like yeah and then you know this you know it's getting Nagelsmann who's like you know the next data man you know hip, like the big know. hipster manager like, if you if, if you dress the way that he does you have to win every match like, <laughs> like let, let's let's be totally honest <laughs> that's a great way to put it like he's younger than Lewandowski you know <laughs> can't be mad I think that must be such a weird thing in the dressing room I, I, I can't I, mean, I know it was Velas Boas but he was like the first one at Chelsea but like yeah, he, Boas, he didn't come in with a like at the very like he's kind of came in with like quite a serious reputation mm. Nagelsmann 
well, elsewhere in Europe, we'll talk about the Thursday night games, Chris. Uh, Barcelona yes. going out to Eintracht Frankfurt. The, the, the Europa League and the Conference League, absolutely electric, Billy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I was amazed by the Europa League this week. Um, so I've, I've caught up on all of it, and the Barcelona were absolutely smacked. Yeah, and what was absolutely the worst nice. part about it? I thought was, it felt like a home game for Frankfurt. They let yeah. 30,000 Frankfurt fans into the stadium. But there's, there's, got, there's got to be something, like, something mischievous going on there. Like, there's no way that they agreed to that. I think Barca knew it wasn't selling out, and the financial trouble there and went, right, just suppose, sell them yeah. to whoever. Yeah. Because if you looked around at certain goals and celebrations, you did just see, like, a sea of Eintracht Frankfurt fans with, like, two Barca fans in the middle of them. Yeah. And like, so something must have went on. But, it's, like, it's just... I don't like you had one stage where like Gavi, the like seventeen year old, year old or whatever, was like smacking the ground in frustration at their <laughs> defense as if like sorry, did you see the first half of the season? You're actually <laughs> you're actually not that good. <laughs> you know. You, like you you have no divine because re- there was a lot of people be like, I thought like as we all know, modern football is the most reactionary thing ever. And yep. okay, Chavi probably is the right guy long term. We've had a lot of people the past couple of weeks saying, Oh well, you know, like Barca are back. Shavi ball. Barca yeah. are back because they've got Aubameyang and Adama Traore up front. Yeah, we've no, got no, Aubameyang and two 17-year-olds in midfield, yeah, so we're yeah, classic. Like, let's, let's, just, let's just hang on a second. Um, there's no, no divide, right, divine right to win. Because all the commentators were like, oh, you know, this is the one competition that they don't have in the trophy cabinet. More than a club, yeah. All, all, all this stuff. And you're like, well, you know, sorry, you just got smacked by Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, you got beat by the 10th best team in the Bundesliga. <laughs> and what I thought was weird is that this game felt as though the ref was just playing until Barca scored. And they scored a penalty in the 99th minute. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, yeah. If you want to show me match fixing, show, <laughs> me, show me this game. Um, but, but I have to say, really, I was genuinely gutted that West Ham cannot go and smack Barcelona themselves. At the yeah, you're not going to have to go to Germany and play Eintracht Frankfurt, which... It's it's not the same it's feel, not as glamorous. Too, it? It's not as glamorous. It's not even as glamorous as Leon or Sevilla, I, I think, to be honest. Um, no, it really isn't. So what was your take after the West Ham Leon game, Chris? I imagine I think, I think Leon are buying average. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, like, I, I was like, sorry, this team won this week ten years in a row. Um, beat Man City a few years ago in the Champions League. Um yeah, and Dombele was absolutely nobody. Uh, he was nowhere. Back to um, his Premier League style, was it? Jerome Boateng was dropped, which is hilarious. Um, they had the sub goalkeeper playing. Um, the manager has an interesting history. He managed Dorman for a couple of months. They were sacked. <laughs> um, has never really won anything. Um, Mr. Dembele was okay. Like uh, Craig Dawson, unbelievable. Um, and the best part about it was Mark Noble getting to come on for a good few minutes at the end. Um, but like 3 0. 3-0 against Leon. The biggest, the biggest issue I had was that um, Lucas Paqueta, I don't know if you've heard him or not, he plays for Brazil. Uh, right. Um, he tested positive for COVID the day before. Oh, sure, that doesn't matter anymore. We well, found well, that out with Spurs last week. Well, then, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, then he t- <laughs> well, then he tested negative like on the morning and they were like, oh, well, I'm just throwing in the squad. Yeah, put him out there. And, yeah, yeah. And he, he, he was awful. So. From where we were in December, if you remember where we were cancelling games every other day. Listen. To, what oh, he tested was. positive yesterday. Get out there! No, um, I, 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 I just can't believe that we're in the. If, if I have one very, very, very small thing with David Moyes, I cannot question anything he does, and we'll talk about it later when we're talking about the Premier League fixtures. Um, I probably would have given some of the kids a go against uh, against Burnley um, because we're currently only Man City are better in the Premier League two, so we've got quite a good mm. bunch of youth players who are not getting any chances at the moment. What I did, the things I quite liked about the game after were the player reactions to uh, Moussa Dembele from the week before. Completely justified. That's like the Declan Rice winking at a camera and stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. That's, that's what this game's really built on, spite. And, and there was a great uh, clip of Tony Cotty, who was uh, in Lyon with all the, with all the yep. fans. Where apparently there was, um, apparently there was 6,000 fans travelled to Lyon, which I'm not sure that can go well. <laughs> well, I did see the day before the game on Talksport that guy Moose. Oh yeah, he's a big, big, big hammer. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to do interviews by the side of a road and was shouting at traffic, being like, <laughs> "Keep it down!" <laughs> and just a bunch of French people looking at him, being like, "What?" Did you uh, Did you hear about the boat? 
I did not hear about the boat. So apparently, before the game, a bunch of West Ham fans had booked out a boat to go. You along. Are get, you're getting ahead of yourselves now. I'm not <laughs> liking this bit. A midnight boat to go along the River Rhone um, from midnight to four a.m. after the game before we knew the results. No, see, these eyes are starting to <laughs> plan the parade now. That's that type of thing. See if I might track Frankfurt. I'd be putting that on the notice board for the next couple of weeks until he's playing. Because lads, these lads are going to come to our city and try and book a boat round it. The, the only so apparently we, the last time we played a proper European semi final in like the seventies or something was against Eintracht Frankfurt. No, uh, really. Uh, and the only other connection we have is that that's who we bought Seb Haller from. Oh, yeah, that's that one so well. He's obviously but, yeah, gone on to greater and better things. Yeah, your lot will be like every like Brady and stuff like. That'll be red carpet treatment for them coming in. The money you oh, gave them for oh, Haller, forty-five million. Yeah, <laughs> I'd um, be expecting like the top, like top-tier food and all. You know, I, I have to give massive props to to the mighty Glasgow Rangers. Billy did get through, scrape through. Um, I'll be honest, the, that, they're not good, Chris. No, listen, I no, that, no, like quality-wise, you're absolutely right. But I, but I have to say that Braga team, they could not handle Ibrox. It was quite fun. No, like <laughs> there's two, a few boys in there who just weren't up for it. Yeah, like that, there was a, the guy got sent off an extra time for shouting at the ref. Um, like he couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, he really got sort sort of similar vibe to the Dortmund lot who got kind of spooked. Mm. But I reckon Leip- Leipzig will walk all over them. There's there's no chance they well, don't deserve to go further. But why? But why? Why would Leipzig walk over them and Dortmund didn't? Uh, you know, because from what I've seen. Leipzig have walked over Dortmund a few times this year. Well, well, well Leipzig beat Atalanta in the absolute football hip, hipster athletic oh, yeah. derby. You know, it's all I ever hear. <laughs> the d- the, the is, data, uh, the Adelante. data, who score guys love that. <laughs> Atalanta and Red Bull Leipzig are, are if, if you listen to the Athletic all the time, you would think they're the two best teams in Europe. <laughs> Based on just stats that no one actually cares about. Yeah. Tell me this, Chris, after the game, were, were you looking at flights? Uh, well, basically, I I brought up the idea to about Seville the final like about six months ago with a couple of people, <laughs> and the, the, the sort of looked at me and was like, "Well, you know, well, you're don't, mental. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself." But I was like, yeah. "Well, I, you know, I don't know." Um, no, uh, I'm actually already in Europe during one of the semifinals um, legs, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But because I started looking at flights to Seville, I'll be honest, <laughs> nightmare to get to. Uh, is there no direct flight from? From Belfast or Edinburgh? Belfast, Glasgow, Edinburgh, wherever you want. No. Really? The, the, the quickest way to get to it, via Ibiza. Surely not. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Surely not. So no, no, let's be honest, we're not doing that. No. <laughs> oh, the entire trip, it's it's a 15, 16 hour trip to get there. But listen, if we have a West Ham Rangers European final, I mean, it, like... It'd be a disgrace. Like when we started this podcast in the summer of 2020, right? And and you like that? I said to you that was a realistic possibility. I told you you're mental. Like I would have walked off the pod. Like like honestly, David Moyes just kept us up from relegation. Andre Yarmolenko scoring in the last minute against Chelsea. I just think bad if that were to happen. Just the city of Seville, just the amount of beer bellies of baldy men going down. Because again, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the West Ham crowd and the Rangers crowd. <laughs> it's it's that same build of gentlemen, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, like yeah. I don't even want to think about the idea of West Ham playing in the Champions League. I'm, that's too far ahead of myself. But like, you aren't you aren't already thinking. But it's seriously, seriously realistic. It's outrageous. But- the Villarreal win the Europa League and then next year get the semi-finals of the Champions League. Look, let's see what happens. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go on to the Premier League fixture that West Ham played. And interesting kind of narrative around the game beforehand because I think the shock of the entire football world, Sean Dyche was sacked by Burnley. Yes. So the statement from Burnley on after Friday, I believe he was sacked. He was sacked after 10 years, I believe. So they said, Burnley can confirm the club's part of ways with manager Sean Dyche, assistant manager Ian Wone, first team coach Steve Stone and goalkeeping coach Billy Mercer. Dyche was the longest serving manager in the Premier League, having been in charge of the Clarets for nine and a half years, overseeing a period which will go down as the most successful in the club's history. Then finishes off sort of saying, during his time at Turf Moor, Sean has been a credit both on and off the pitch, respected by the players, staff, supporters and wider football community. 
However, results this season have been disappointing, and while it's been an incredibly difficult decision with eight crucial games of the Premier League campaign remaining, we feel a change is needed to give the squad the best possible chance of retaining its Premier League status. So, under-23s coach Mike Jackson... No, no, no. Michael Jackson, but he clearly doesn't want to be called that. Michael Jackson. I'll correct you, yeah. Michael Jackson, assisted by Academy Director Paul Jenkins, under-23s goalkeeping coach Connor King and club captain Ben Mee have been asked to take charge of the team for Sunday's game with West Ham. So, so, so first thing to say, Bailey, right, um, explain to me how that's an upgrade. I, I have no idea what's going on. Right, I, okay, it okay. Must you're be, right, it's not an upgrade. It must be a behind-the-scenes thing of planning for next season, and I, but from what I'm led to believe... for next season... Like, Sean Dyche? I, I, I know, but from what I've been led to believe behind the scenes with that new American ownership, Dyche hasn't been happy for quite some time. That new American ownership, which I will remind the listeners, in the 2021 season, Burnley spent a grand total of £900,000 <laughs> on Deal Stevens from Brighton. So this is a you know a club with, with a record of great investment over the past couple of years since their 2018-17-18 uh, Seventh place finish in the Premier League under Sean Dyche. Yeah, I I don't get what these owners were coming in to do because <laughs> if you're coming in and you want, obviously they would have wanted to stay in the Prem. They may have wanted to make a bit of money, which is clear. But you have to understand if you're coming in to this game, you have to spend a bit of money to try and keep yourselves up. Never mind competitive. Yeah. So so net they have spent. Um, Six, uh, 16 million pound this season because Chris Wood went for 27 million. Ben Gibson went for uh, 9 million to Norwich. Um, somebody else went to Barnsley. So that 9 offset, mil for him. Yeah. So that offset Maxwell Cornet, Weghorst, Nathan Collins, and Connor Roberts, and the great Aaron Lennon. Like, it's just what, like, what do they expect? You know, there's there's seven there's seven games to go, so they're doing this to try and save their season. Mm-hmm. Like, but they don't have another guy coming in. No, it's especially at this point of the year, eight games to go, seven now, and they just beat Everton. I know they lost in March, <laughs> but they just beat Everton. Well, that was a funny thing that came out of it. I, Norch, anytime Norch win, a manager gets sacked, whether it's their own or the yes, guy they've just beat. It's it's the margins. They don't lose to Norwich if Maxwell Cornet doesn't miss from two yards. <laughs> and, then, and then he's not sacked it's it's ridiculous like yeah and it's the fact that whenever you look at Burnley over the years remember the year they, they had European football well so they, they came seventh and then they didn't actually qualify for the group stage of the Europa League I, I know but to even get to that stage where well, you're that's, that's what I mean. like, playing those fixtures um, that's well beyond what a Burnley should be doing so and that um, that season they had um, a lot of the players are still there now, like Tarkowski, Cork, um, uh, you know, Ashley Westwood, um, Aaron Lennon, Nick Pope. You know, it, like, it's, I, I just, it, I, I, I think it, it's more the fact that like we had Big Sam as kind of the top of the odds to come in after. I, I was like, why on earth is this better for this club to sack Sean yeah, I, seven games to go uh, I thought the same thing with that whenever I seen Big Sam's and I was like, please don't let that happen. That's the last thing anyone needs. Um, and the, and against West Ham, they didn't really do anything differently than they didn't do under Daesh. I mean, I mean, I mean, they played four four two with basically the same team they played last week. Uh, Ashley Westwood had a. I don't know whether you've seen the footage, Billy. Um, Tough. It's a. It's a. <laughs> A pretty rough injury, and the fact that he, when he was coming off the stretch of the NBA and was sm- smiling and joking yeah. with someone after you can quite clearly see that his ankle is the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, his, um, his leg and foot are pointing the wrong direction. It's, uh, it, I was actually quite surprised the match of the day showed all the angles, um, to be honest, because I, I tried to like really slow it down to see how it happened. That was because his like his torso was like flipped back the other way mm. on the momentum solely on his ankle. Um, it, I actually remember earlier in the year whenever Harvey Elliott had his oh man, they showed it on match yeah. of the day but they gave like 10 warnings before it's like we are going to show this <laughs> but you may not want to look because it's properly grotesque and this is another one you just do see him lie on the ground and it's the Vlasic reaction yeah so so basically 
up to that point, West Ham were the better team, and after that, they like they genuinely were not as good after the injury. So, like you can put that down to tiredness or whatever, but that's just a fact. And and they got a penalty, and Cornet took the ball from Jay Rodriguez, who apparently has a like a one hundred percent record in penalties, <sighs> um, apparently, um, in the, or something like that. Um, and he, he missed. Um, and what we're saying on match of the day is, would that have happened if Daesh was the manager? Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Well, that works. I, 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 well, I mean, they've got a point though. But like, come on, like it's if spots and maybe's what shouldn't ha- he shouldn't take it because as we say at the top of this show every week, it's in our intro, is that the man who wins the penalty shouldn't take the penalty. This penalty stunk. Although it was terrible. Yeah. I think it may have, it should have been retaken. Well, because well, half half of both teams ends up in the box. Look, it happens every penalty, you know. Well, I was surprised actually. I'll bring up quickly midweek the the one of the Barca penalties. Of course, there was a guy clearly in the box. Oh well, and who, I was just like, that? "That's Barcelona." I'm stunned. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that the stutter step caught everyone from corner. Yeah, but the thing is, that, just, like, if you're Burnley and you sack Sean Dyche and you get a one-one draw against West Ham, that's not enough. No, especially at the stage of the season with their amount of points, it, that's not sustainable. Because the issue with Burnley this year has been thirteen draws, and like they 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 still can very realistically go above Everton if Everton you know stumble in one more match and then they're equal in games played. They've got the same goal difference yeah. and they're like two points off or whatever. Like it's not out of the bounds of possibility, but but it's it's even it's even the fact they played the same way that they do, like because if that they want to change to change the dynamics of how the team plays, well they just played the same way. Well, I think to a certain extent, Burnley don't need managed because I'm a, that, that group of players has played that way for so long. There's not been much change amongst the playing squad. Yeah, they all, but they it all works. know what they're doing. But it, it works because Nick Pope is really good in that. Tarkowski and me can go up against anybody really on their day, and the lost Chris would arguably replace them with a better striker, but he hasn't scored enough goals. So like, big that, vague horses goal. That is what the Prem is all about. One big man listen, up against I, another in Suchek. I still, I still think he's absolutely class. I, I would I would love him to come to West Ham next season. He's just I think His if he were is unbelievable. Yeah, if he were in like, like a top ten team, he'd be like that perfect backup option of just mm, something a bit different. Mm. Like remember who was it at Spurs? Like Fernando Llorente at Spurs. F- Fernando Llorente played a genuinely a really key role for Spurs. In yeah, it's just like league. yeah, just just fire him on. He's a bit different. He'll annoy the defense a bit. Vague horse is that. Yeah, big big fan of the guy. Yeah. So Derek and Chris with Deitch gone, Burnley gone. I I think there's a much greater chance. Um, I I still, <laughs> I still think Everton are in serious danger. Um, and they have worse fixtures from what I understand, mm. but I don't think that really makes a huge difference, as we know from the mighty Arsenal. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll go to the last day. Um, I still think it could be curtains for Everton, but we'll see. I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't want Bernie to be vindicated for this decision, mm. basically. I think over like the past while, the, the team that's benefited most recently has been Leeds United. Leeds are the ones who, because of what Everton and Burnley have been doing, have just sort of snuck their way in the I, safety. I, I actually would say what's kind of gone under the radar is that Dean Smith is somehow picking up points at and scoring goals at Norwich. At as well. Norwich, yeah. Well, they're yeah. on the beach. They don't care. But, but, like, but like, let's be honest. That's the... Um, like to, to get even a goal out of that team. Um, also, Dean Smith looking sharp in a, in a good good sweater uh, against United. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll dive straight over the United-Norwich then. Interesting uh, game as well. A bit of faff before the game with another protest about the Glazers. Oh, well, uh, right, okay, yep. So there was big, big scenes outside. I've seen 50 plus one signs, the usual. And again, I was just like, what are you all doing? Like, this, is, this isn't going to change nothing. Like, like, the Glazers aren't watching the game, never mind a protest beforehand. But like, I haven't seen Norwich create so many chances at like any match this season, and they were playing at Old Trafford. <laughs> like, I, like whenever you watch them, Alex Tellis, right? Like I think he is all right. Like surely having a defensive line is the most basic part of being a defender. Yeah, if you watch the difference between like a Liverpool line in comparison to this United line, it's hilarious. Like that guy Kieran Doyle had Alex Tellis on toast. Like what a bizarre game. 
Yeah, Kieran Doyle, who three weeks ago we didn't know he existed. <laughs> well, I, I kind of knew who he was, but not really. Yeah, Timmy Pookie played really well. Honestly, not Liverpool. Norwich had enough chances in this game. Apparently, their XG was higher than United's. It probably was. Pookie missed a couple of good chances in this. Yeah, I think it was interesting the midfield choice that Ralph went for in this game. Midfield three of Fernandez, Pogba, and Lingard. What? Well, it, I, I hate the way he uses Lingard. He's like, oh yeah, I'll, ju- I'll just throw you in randomly because I should at some stage. Yeah, it's like, I, we, we have you, you train, just go out there whenever I tell you to. It's like You, you can actually see why uh, Norwich would have created so many chances because if you have that midfield three combined with Teller just not keeping any sort of line, well then you just, and no Fred or McTominay, then you just play through them. Like, And then even after Manchester United win this game somehow, 3-2, Pogba gets booed off the pitch. Oh, oh, gives, oh, right, okay. Really gives, deserves that. Yeah. Gives it the classic, like, cupping the ear to the United fans. Pogba's not the problem. That's no, honest. but it's the same. Like, I, I was writing notes for this game, Chris, and it's the same stuff. Like, oh, like, I'm how, fed how up. is Pogba the problem? Like, like it, it's the whole flipping team. But everything, like, they're talking before the game, the Glazers are the problem. My, do you know my thing with the Glazers is? FSG at Liverpool are probably as bad an owner as the Glazers in but terms of like wanting to spend and everything it's, it's what's underneath. underneath like yeah. Liverpool have that guy Michael Edwards who's 10 yes. out of 10 on his job United don't have United don't have that they're giving Darren Fletcher jobs well it's this guy who apparently Chelsea are tapping up this guy from Monaco um, called Paul Mitchell I don't know you've heard about this uh, today I was looking him up today I'm always just fascinated by how these guys end up in those sorts of positions but he mm-hmm. um, he's basically seen as like the, the new guy the new guy who just went from Brighton to Newcastle okay so the highlight of his playing career was getting promoted to Wigan to the Premier League. And oh, he's he, one of them blokes like that. Well, he's a proper kind of like football league guy. He retired at 27 and then ended up, um, he's now at Monaco as a sporting director. <laughs> and apparently he's unbelievable. Um, he's, he's also the guy who basically got Southampton under Pochettino, all his transfers and Spurs. So he's, yeah. But anyway. What a life change. No, I'm fascinated by that guy. Ended um, up in Monaco. <laughs> and he was, he was in another country as well, somewhere else. Uh, but as well on the bench for Man United was this guy um, Ferreira who has got an Argentina call up before a bench appearance at Man United. I think that says more about the state of Argentinian football. Uh, yeah, Argentina are awful. Yeah. You know, <laughs> again, it's that kind of thing of yeah, club football is better than international football at times. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll talk about the goals in this game because well, Ben Gibson, yeah. <laughs> Ben Gibson had a stinker. No, like I, I don't want to be harsh on him, but like he, he knows. But like <laughs> sporting integrity, Ben Gibson getting robbed by Anthony Alanga and then I, sets I, up Ronaldo for a gift. I love, I love how you are just associating him with his dad at Middlesbrough. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you telling me Ben Gibson? To do with no. Are you telling me Ben Gibson didn't get opportunities in life because of his dad? He, he was mm. he was quite good at Middlesbrough. Mm. Um, uh, Sporting so. integrity over there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he gets robbed for the first goal, and then unfortunately Alanga has to go and ruin the first goal by doing the Ronaldo celebration. I, d- I did I did actually pick up on that. I, I I'll, I'll let I'll let him away with it if I'm honest. But did you notice that? Um, uh, then Ronaldo didn't do it for like the second or third one, probably in yeah. reaction to that. No, because I think someone messed it up for him. Someone, someone had his shoulders. I think if someone wasn't grabbing his shoulders, he would have done it. You, you think after like you know the amount of time that the Premier League's been on that players like do you not find every time someone tries to celebrate a goal they're like interrupted by someone? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why are we still doing that? Like, yeah, why are we planning good? these things out? <laughs> I, I do enjoy um, Kmart Roof's celebrations for Rangers um, in the Europa League, where he just kind of holds the corner flag and stands. It's quite good. Well, it depends if they're actually going, they're not offside. Uh, <laughs> but this game also brought up one of my favorite things on this podcast since we started, and that was an all time ring on bump <laughs> at, at two all in this game. Chris decided to let the know, no, no, let I, the world know. I was in receipt of fake news by accident. <laughs> Chris let the world know that Norwich were winning three uh, two. Yeah, and then the bump was so strong there that Cristiano Ronaldo scored a free kick for the first time in years. Great free kick. I think Krill could have probably done better. Great free kick. Yeah. No, not a great free kick for me. I <laughs> again, I thought I think Tim Krill should be saving that. 
if I'm honest. Right. There was there was a shot Ronaldo had in the first half from similar distance. And I don't think he has the leg strength anymore. I think it's gone. Oh, come on. No, I really do. That free kick as well. I just looked up being like, Krill's being done by one step, but that didn't look quick. I mean, to be fair, the guy is 37. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I've no issue with all that. It's one of those t- time beats us all. But apparently <laughs> this guy's a robot, so I think his <laughs> leg strength would, you know, this guy's going to play until he's 50. Yeah. Is what we're told, but... I- Parts of that, and of course, I just I love getting the stat pattern part of it. Who it was Sport Bible or something put up a tweet. <laughs> of course, it was being like, "Oh, uh, this is Ronaldo during his finished season," and it was like they put up saying, "Hat trick against Norwich, hat trick against Republic of Ireland." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's like we're really trying to <laughs> say a hat trick against Norwich in the Republic of Ireland or somebody shouting about. But Billy, there was some really like really poor bang average analysis as usual on match of the day by Dion Dublin um, <laughs> and his dupe I did enjoy, I did actually enjoy uh, Chris Hutton was the other person haven't seen him in a while um, good to see him he's looking well now was he on match of the day doing what remember like Mark Hughes used to do this years ago where he would turn up on random appearances on like match of the day and football focus basically to promote well, his CV I feel like Hutton might be finished a little bit at the top level because he got sacked by Forrest when they were in the relegation zone and they're now fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so he might be done. But anyway, um, uh, Dion Dublin was like, well, you know, um, how, how can Ronaldo be any problem if he scores all the goals? <sighs> and I was like, well, like, well, yeah, like obviously objectively, y- yes, but like, can you not look beyond at the big picture just a little bit that football's a bit more complicated than that? Yeah, there's a reason you're no longer on the touchline, mate. <laughs> like, I, I was just like, oh, pal, come on. Like, you know it's about the, the, the <laughs> whole team. It's just been kind of, like, um, imbalanced. And, like, it, obviously having Ronaldo is, like, a good thing, but not if the whole rest of the team is, like... Like, yeah, it's it's not working as a result. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the team are dog dirt. Yeah. doesn't work. I think, last point on United is, I think it'll be interesting, this pod comes out on Tuesday, oh, on the morning, before Liverpool. before Liverpool United, and remember last time Ronaldo faked an injury or faked a holiday or something, bit of annual leave, I'm interested to see if he'll pl- play Liverpool. Well, R- Ralph said there's probably five first team players out, I was like, of course, the- oh, there we go. I was like, well, they're probably strengthened then. Oh, no, there we go, there's a big man away to the Bahamas or something, isn't he? <laughs> Sick. Uh, we'll talk all about the other top four protagonists. First game was Spurs at lunchtime on Saturday, getting beat by Brighton one 0 thanks to that late Trossard winner. Chris, you've you've rightly spoke Brighton in a couple of big wins against top four teams now. I know it's quite it's quite annoying actually. Yeah, <laughs> they've now beat Spurs and Arsenal in the same week. Uh, they have. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and it was it was quite weird as well because after last week's masterclass, big Enoch Mwepu was very close to getting sent off after like 20 minutes and got How he off at time. Yeah, he, he was trying his best and Spurs were also trying their best to get him sent off. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they were. Um, yeah, uh, and it, it's just it's just what they do. Like, they had like Mwepu and McAllister like, up front. <laughs> like, why do you have... Like, and this is the same week that Graham Potter said, oh, tactics don't actually matter that much. <laughs> it's just about like working hard for the team and I'm like that's absolutely not what you say that the scene. Let's, let's be honest I love how many Potter quotes you just have ready to go <laughs> <laughs> like I definitely didn't hear that anywhere else I think it's the only podcast promoting that but like but, but the, like, it's just the whole reaction thing up, you, know, you know like look how great the season having it's, uh, so. but, but yeah um, weird for um, Spurs to I think it was just more the goal was just like Eric Dyer switched off, Emerson Royale switched off, and they lost. It was, uh, and that was it. I felt throughout the game watching both teams just formation wise in the ring just cancel each other out. It was an awful game, I'll be well, honest. Because well, because it's the, it's the three at the back v three at the back, which means that somewhere there's like there's too many kind of like yeah stacked on top of each other. Yeah, you just need you need that magic man in there at yeah. times, and I think Spurs Matt, are Matt Doherty apparently. Spurs are in this week where they have a jet lagged Harry Kane playing because of his trip to the golf last week. I I, I still think there's no way that was cleared. I, I don't think the English media have made a big enough deal of it. No, I, 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 I totally agree. Like that, so, that, that wasn't brought up once. 
if if Harry Kane were at a proper club and he was an England captain, he'd be getting murdered for this. If again, if like, this were Paul Pogba, could you imagine a Paul Pogba at the golf oh, last no, week if, and then if, lost? If Paul Pogba did that. Soonest would be like making a new social media account mm. just to talk about it. But no, Harry Kane turned up on Sky, so it's all good because he's like, honestly, it's serious. I thought the front three from Spurs, everyone's been hyping them up for weeks here. Well, they have been good, to be they have been good. To be fair, um, did nothing against Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, um, and then I, 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 Lewis Dunks interview afterwards, he was like, he was like, oh, he was like, oh, how did you, how did you stop that front three? And he was like, oh, well, what can I give away my, my secrets to you? And well, sure, like, he didn't have any tactics going into. Well, it. well, I was, that's what I was going to say. I was like, well, obviously, it was just, you know, just working hard with the team, you know. <laughs> I think also, I think came out of this game was how sensitive some of the Spurs players are, Chris. I don't know if you noticed this. Harry Winks came onto the pitch. Harry Winks is bang average. And well, Harry Winks is bang average, but <laughs> someone noticed on Twitter after the game. If you go into his like tweets, <laughs> he liked this tweet from a guy called Dave Finch, brackets Finchy, with an England flag in his bio. And <laughs> this guy tweeted. Sorry, hang on a second. Like, what goes through someone's mind to look through Harry Winks' likes? <laughs> Just a modern game. Oh, <laughs> but this guy tweeted saying, Tottenham Hotspur did not have a single shot on target in 95 minutes of play against Brighton. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, but let's all blame Harry Winks. Joke of a fan base sometimes. <laughs> Harry Winks is like that. I mean, Harry, no, wise up. Hang on a second. I'm just looking at Harry Winks' um, likes now. Um, he liked Jermaine Genius saying, another absolute shocker from VAR. Our standard of refereeing is so bad. <laughs> I, he's also like the Gary Neville tweet where he's saying about in January when he was saying how outrageous it was that everyone's postponing because of COVID. Spurs were the that prime was, team. <laughs> that was his team. <laughs> What's outrageous? His team were like four games behind us all. Oh my word, he's oh. also liked uh, <laughs> highlights reel of Harry Winks from 2018-19. I love when players Harry, do that. Harry, come on. Who was that boy at Southampton who was looking to move the United and posted his own compilation? Oh, um, the, oh, the guy from... L- L- was that Lamina? He's, it was Lamina. Yeah, Mario Lamina, and he's now gone. <laughs> I, I love him. Year, I love when players do that. That's <laughs> like, fantastic. Wow, what a joke. Oh, but yeah, just the end of this game, it was, as we said last week, Trossard after international break. What a player. Oh, well, Jonathan Pierce had it, obviously, yeah. You know, Pierce, knows something the rest of us don't. Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then to the other side of North London and the other side of the top four race, oh, Arsenal lo- losing what's, away to Southampton. What's happening here? What's happening to Arsenal? I think Arsenal... And I don't know what I think it's because of the time the game is played. No, I think it's, per, it's personnel for me. Yeah, but I think in terms of personnel and everything, I think team fan base, everything just got ahead of themselves. Uh, well, well, now apparently I saw today they're doing some like massive review of the club of the, what is the Arsenal way, and I was like, what on earth is this? Like, you know me, I I hate all that stuff. I I hate the whole. Arsenal way, just be Liverpool way, Spurs DNA, all that. It's like just win football matches. Well, yeah, and like the goal, like Ben White feigns an injury, keeps everyone on side, and then concedes the goal. Yeah. So, like, you know, I do think looking at Arsenal, the partying, Kieran Tierney thing. I, I mean, mentioned it last week. That's tough. And Eddie and Keddie is not that is that. Like, let's be honest. And Keddie is not the man up there. Yeah, he really isn't. Like I said, you can. Slag him off all you want in terms of stats, but Arsenal are a better team whenever he's in there. Do Do, do you think that's possibly comparable to Mikel Antonio? Um, no, he just flat out stinks. Right. Okay. So they're, definitely, they're, definitely not the same, exactly the same thing. No, I, I right, remember. Right, okay. I watched the highlights of that West Ham game, and there was a <laughs> highlight late in the game where the Sky commentator goes, "Oh, and Antonio's through one on one," and I was like, "That's the least threatening sentence in all of football." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what, what about uh, what about best agent in the game, Fraser Forster? Uh, Forster had his one game a year. I, I there's something about Forster. Have you noticed his, he's like six foot nine? Have you seen yeah, this? And this one goes say massive. His combination of size and speed in terms of slowness <laughs> help him out massively for camera saves. Every save the, the guy amazing. makes, you're like, oh, that's unbelievable. Well, he, and it's like yeah. it's just because he's slow. Well, the peak of his career was uh, when Celtic were actually in the Champions League 
um, doing things like beating Barcelona and mm. stuff. That was kind of when he was really good. Um, and like, you know, he had a good game, but generally, Southampton's goalkeepers are not very high quality. He's just a massive human. And I think, especially, the best chance Arsenal probably had in the game was the Saka chance. And I think Forster's just that big where it is, like, where do I put this? And I also think it's interesting that Arsenal did lose to Southampton one week after Southampton lost 6 0. Well, I, th- I thought it was slightly embarrassing they couldn't. Did you see the back three that started for Southampton? No, because there's one guy in there, and I just did not. It was the first time I'd ever seen him. What? So Jan Jan Valerie for start. And is then, he still alive? So he's he's still cutting the boat. I think he has some issues off the field. Maybe there, there was some, some, be some legal issues. There. there was a Sunday night Twitter <laughs> blow up of his uh, at some stage. Yeah, he might be in the clear. I don't know. Um, then Lianco, who is the Brazilian guy, I think you're referring to. Yeah, and uh, Jan Bednarek. That's like the least threatening back three in the Premier League. Bednarek's another one, similar to Forster, has yeah, one game a year. He's, he's just not, he's not that good. No, he's but he right, does. Like, he has one or two games a season where you're like, oh, give him a deal next year. Yeah. But again, it's like, uh, he's he's a Southampton level player. Yeah, that, he, he, yeah. He still looks like he'll get sent off in a 9 0. Yeah, that, that guy, Lianco, is like, uh, he's just a Brazilian guy. Um, yeah. yeah, they've probably done no scouting at all. It's been like, oh, <laughs> look at him, I'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought interesting. I saw this post game in terms of Arsenal and who they've played recently and lost to. Uh, Palace, who at that point had zero home league wins in 2022. <laughs> uh, Brighton, who had zero wins in their previous seven games. And Southampton, who had zero wins in their previous six. And then they play Arsenal. I mean, did, did you see that stat that if the Premier League was just home and away, if it was at home, Brighton would be 18th <clears throat> and away, they'd be 6th? <laughs> that was good, that was a good one. Um, yeah, Arsenal are. Yeah, everyone just got a bit excited. I think. Yeah, I, I was one of them. I, I do think. Looking forward to the all or nothing a bit more now. Seems yeah, because we did. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see this though. I told you that we'll see the review of the Arsenal way, obviously. Um, yeah, but it was like that period where they were brilliant. They'll show all of that, you know, because that's what Arsenal want us to see. Mm. I do. I I think they should be the team. I I want to see Arsenal in Champions League next year. I'll be honest. I want to see mm. Arsenal Bayern again. Run it back. Well, haven't, se- haven't seen it in a few years. It wouldn't. I think if Arsenal were in the Champions League next year, they, they might struggle a wee bit. Yeah. I think they do well to a certain point, but they're I still probably do still think... seated like in the you know like the top two pots or whatever. Well, let's just see. Last week, actually, the Champions League is getting reformed oh, God. to allow that to allow for historical performance, and Arsenal would get in based on that. Oh, give me a break! What? Sure, it's what they do already. It's a, it's a hidden Super League. Well, it's it's the whole, like, um, who apparently a lot of clubs are apparently still legally signed up for it, and we saw that today. Yeah, uh, well, it's the one-year anniversary. Oh, today? Yep. All oh, right. Yeah, okay. So as I was going to mention that later, but uh, we'll go on to the big cup weekend that was. We got the <laughs> second showdown of Chris's favourite fixture, that is Liverpool against Man City. Literally couldn't be less interested. Um, well, next time I hear quadruple in- or treble, Billy, I'm going to go nuts. Yeah, they might you go on about a quadruple. You you speak about a quadruple more than the Liverpool team do. <laughs> uh, to be fair, the Liverpool um, goals were absolutely class. I also think that guy, um, Konate, he is a big lad. <laughs> yeah, big, you know. I don't think I quite realised how big he was, yeah. A lot of man in there to defend. Um, and what do you think man Z- said he couldn't defend it. Well, what do you think about Zach Steffen? He's not Ederson. So <laughs> Liverpool in the first half of this game killed I felt, Man I felt City. bad for him because like because I think if you're American you're automatically at a disadvantage like let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it, like you have to work harder. Um so when you do things like that you're sort of like well I think unfortunately for him he's an okay goalkeeper. No, he is good. He's like the but, American goalkeeper. But, well. but what he did here for the Mane goal where he gets caught and this was this was the put Liverpool 2-0 up wasn't it? Mhm. I think what he is doing there is exactly what Pep wants him to do. No, we've it, seen it Ederson is. do it last week. Well, that's it's what Claudio Edder- Bra- that, that first season when Claudio Bravo was the keeper. Uh, that, yeah. that, that, you know, he made so many of those mistakes. Because uh, it's just way. Ederson's a more talented footballer and keeper. Yeah. And then Bad says you're 2-0 down early on. Liverpool did what City sort of did to Liverpool last week, where for the first 10-20 minutes, they just nailed them. No one wanted to happen midweek. Liverpool had an easier fixture and were able to rotate the entire squad. City were a bit battered and bruised. Yeah. And then Liverpool go on to score third. A lovely finish from Manny. I'm not convinced he means it, though. 
I know what you mean. I think he scuffs it a wee bit. I know what you mean. To be I think honest. he's looking for a top left corner rather than bottom right. Uh, yeah. But that move initially is started by a great ball. I, I, I'm running out of words for Trent. It's it's boring. So it is he's like good, how good, good he is at that crossfield ball. He's a good player. I also think that the player from Liverpool that want to point out a bit, because we've not really spoken about him much this season, is Thiago. Um, I, I, I'm missing... He's a good, good player. I'm, I'm missing lockdown Thiago. You know, the, the guy who yeah. hadn't adapted the Prem, was given yellow cards out every week. Masaka. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, because like he actually is one of the best passers in the game, to be honest. Um, like, yeah, some of his balls are unbelievable. Just makes the game look so easy. Um, also, I don't know whether you've seen, apparently there's an, a 10-year-old tweet that has gone viral from Zach Steffen. Um, oh. Where he tags his pal from Phil from Philadelphia and says Liverpool FC wants to give me a trial. It's <laughs> good good value. Well, he was basically playing for them at times on Saturday. Yeah. Also interesting, there was a half three kickoff that killed me. Yeah, why, why was, completely why was it half, forgot about that. Was, it, was this because of that train nonsense or whatever was going on? Yeah, so it was supposed to be at half five. Oh, oh, oh it's right, okay, of lack of that? transport. Oh, right. Yeah, lack of transport to get down. The FA moved it. I was interested they actually allowed it to be showed on TV because of that rule about the 3 a.m. blackout. Um, but it's an FA Cup game. Yeah, but even at that, you still don't get FA Cup games on. Oh, right. Because um, so you would always have to watch like final score and that. Well, it, was good, it was good to hear that the, the Man City fans were um, highly respectful during the Hillsborough um Silence as well. That was good. You're you're telling me there's Man City disrespect towards Liverpool. <laughs> It'd be almost as though like you could tell me Man City players sung a dodgy song on a plane once. I wouldn't believe you, Chris. Yeah, because because of course we need to protect them from the from the mighty you know these forces like Atletico Madrid and other such nasty people. <laughs> no, I that whole thing. Yeah, City try and portray such an image and. Dead let themselves down with all that. You, you can let us know about the human rights record of Darwin. <laughs> Just look into it. Yeah. Uh, we'll go into yesterday's game then between Chelsea and Crystal Palace, the le- lesser of the semi-finals. Well, so I've only so I've only really seen the um, the the highlights, um, and what all I seem to be getting is that Loftus Cheek is apparently now world class again. Um, Don't. Well, because, well, that, that's all. That's. I mean, I heard that from Tuchel, to be honest. So, <laughs> well, t- t- Tommy's got to hype him up. Uh, Chelsea are sorry, desperate. Like, oh, were they not what? good? No, I didn't <laughs> think they were good. The reason Loftus Cheek came on was Kovacic goes off with an injury. Which remember that guy earlier in the year? We spoke about the <laughs> Twitter doctor. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He he was immediately all over it. He was. <laughs> he, he was. Oh, I forgot to bring this up earlier. He was immediately all over that. Westwood injury as well, mm. but yeah, this boy was straight well, on. What, what was he saying about Westwood? Well, it was just the worst thing ever. Yeah, he, no, he ha- he had like a time frame <laughs> for where it was. So on Kovacic first, uh, he goes Kovacic injury rolls his left ankle inwards. Brackets inversion on this play stresses the outer brackets lateral ankle ligaments. Timeline depends on severity, which is combination of manual assessment, symptoms, and imaging can involve quickly. And then, like, tweeted like ten Chelsea accounts, but right. below that is the Ashley Westwood tweet from. Him. He says graphic injury for Burnley FC. Ashley Westwood, uh, likely right ankle fracture dislocation that was reduced and splinted on the pitch. Ashley in good spirits. Key will be checking nerve or blood vessel damage and extent of other damage. Brackets especially ligament. If none of the former return, six months. <laughs> six months. The guy's I mean, straight on it. Like I know that um, I, I know I tried to watch all the. Ang- I, I don't think I quite realised that there was such a clear photo of Westwood's ankle being so the wrong way. I yeah. On the but yeah, that, that's disgusting. <laughs> that guy just had a great weekend himself. Uh, but back to Loftus Cheek does get a goal, uh, and then I've not noticed this. And English football fans will notice this. Fans of the national team, ITV commentator Sam Matterface. He stinks. He's awful at that job. That's uh, that's quite interesting considering he's considered to be the best and therefore does the England matches. Yeah, not for me. Uh, get Clive right. back because the guy... Well, well, the guys... well, no, no, no let's, let's, just take, let's just settle down. <laughs> no, I love Clive. Oh, come on. 
in comparison to this guy. And the reason I say this, the reason I say he was bad yesterday was Loftus-Cheek scored one goal. He's done nothing. He's had the odd good game here and there this year. He had a good game against Juve, I remember. But he scores one goal, and then they show Southgate in the crowd. And this boy, <laughs> Matterface, immediately starts talking England call-up. This boy, Matterface. Wise up. The guy, the guy can't get my Chelsea team. <laughs> Never mind, we're talking England now. Listen, it's only it's only um, it's only Tuchel that says he's been hiding his potential. <laughs> but elsewhere in the game with Matterface, he kept. I was honestly every five minutes he kept bringing up the fact that Palace had ultras. Oh, I hate Palace. Like the Palace is like known for the fans in the corner. The, those Palace ultras to me are like people go to the Belfast Giants losers. <laughs> bunch of guys with a couple, bunch of guys with a couple of flags and a drum, all got black t-shirts, and all of a sudden with ultras. Billy, settle down. No, send them. S- settle down. You're speaking as a Chelsea fan. No, I'm. I'm talking in terms of if we're talking ultras, send that lot out to like Red Star Belgrade and show them something. <laughs> So weird. Um, also, uh, saw in the news this week that um, Crystal Palace is apparently one of the most desirable areas of the UK to live in in 2022. So I think the demographics might have changed around Croydon. The ent- yeah, the entire thing seems to change. They, they kept bringing this up yesterday as well, how much what Palace the- has changed from the staleness last season. Well, yeah, well, it has, I suppose. It has to an extent, but... It's still Crystal Palace. I, t- I tell you, I really, I really like Anderson, the defender. I think. No, not for me. Oh, come on. Not Why? for me, him. Why? He was at the disgrace yesterday. And I'll, I'll put my hands up. One of the Chelsea players was at the disgrace. Kai Havertz had a dive in the first well, half. I, 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 was, I wasn't going to bring it up. but it was Which was very poor. Yeah. yeah. And Jimmy O'Hara on Sky Sports said he would have sent them off. Uh, Jimmy, I'd send you off most of the shows you're on, you clown. Talking muck like that. Uh, so so that happens and then later on in the game him and Anderson go in for the same ball Right. Anderson tries to get him sent off because Anderson heads the ball away and then goes down holding his head while Havertz was nowhere near him not for me that guy stinks you you can't tell me that Chelsea have never done things like that no no we we're the bad guys like but don't be getting on as though Palace are high and mighty now while a guy's going down trying to get a man sent off. Not for me. And then serve them right because he was two yards out and skied it. <laughs> he did do that, yeah. He's not for me. Although, uh, although watch his ball for the Matera goal last week for Palace. Unbelievable. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> uh, the only other things I have from this game is Timo Werner was class again and Chelsea's season's basically over until the final. Um. Yeah, so if they win the FA Cup, is that a successful season? Be a good year, I think. All things considered, good year. Good run in the Champions League. Got done by match fixing on Tuesday night, which you expect going away to Burnaby. Uh, come third, hopefully in the Premier League with a chill well. I think I think an FA Cup win over Liverpool will be a good season. Fair enough. Overall, can't complain. Uh, do you have anything else before we go in the, in the mud, Chris? I have uh, a few random things this week. Uh, two things. One, um, uh, give a shout out to the West Ham women's team who um, bowed out at the FA Cup semi-finals against Man City. Um, I watched the highlights and guess who scored for Man City, uh, Bailey? No idea. Ellen White. Um, so I was truly shocked by that. That's the best striker in the world, I think. Is that, is that correct? Uh, was able to... Able to score against the Hammers. Are West Ham still doing the documentary? But well, this, the th- th- this is the thing. I don't know as much about the women's team as I should because I boycotted that documentary because of how the disrespect that was shown towards the women's team by putting Jack Sullivan in charge. <laughs> Put so, a sixteen-year-old kid in charge. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, fair play to the um, getting that far. Uh, so, but yes, went out to Man City, who of course have Ellen White and Steph Hooten in their team so uh, and just one last thing Bailey um, as you may realise as we are recording there is some electric championship football going on right now um, and we have to we have to put this out now Bailey um, Millwall could be coming to the Premier League next season oh no Millwall are now on, just out of the playoffs on goal difference Derby are currently beating Reading in what, what would be the greatest escape of all time and Huddersfield have secured a playoff spot so it's all happening I think it's possibly my ignorance. I didn't realise how big a weekend, Easter weekend, is for championship football. I, I, like, I, I didn't, Good I didn't Friday know. and Easter Monday are just filled with fixtures. Yeah, yeah. 
Because I actually sat on Friday night watching just random games. Yeah. I was like, I I don't care about any of this. <laughs> this doesn't so, affect me. I, so it looks like the playoffs is going to go down to the last day, basically. And um, yeah, if Derby stay up, it would be absolutely ridiculous. I, w- I will say the the playoffs of the championship are immense every yeah. year. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the only good part I, about I that league. I thoroughly enjoyed West Ham's experience of it, mainly because we obviously smacked Cardiff in the semi-finals, and then the famous match against Blackpool. It was it was a great experience to go through. Mm. Well, actually, on the top of the championship, this is one of the things I had in the mud. In uh, <clears> there was a guy on Friday night in the Derby game, sixteen-year-old Carlos Richards, who came on for so, Derby. So this is uh, Fulham, wasn't it? Like they could have got promoted. Yep. Film could have come up away to Derby, uh, but sixteen-year-old Carlos Richard came on for Derby wearing Derby kit, which has a three-two red logo on it, a product which this guy can't use legally. <laughs> Get gambling out of football. I thought, I thought that was interesting. Uh, elsewhere in the mud is managers, because unfortunately for managers next season there is talk that half-time interviews are going to come into the league. Similar to the NBA style, whereas they go down the tunnel, Jeff Shreves and co. will be able to grab them for a quick word. No, 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 I've got three three thoughts on this um, immediately. Um, first of all, who is asking them to do this? The Premier League. The Premier League has presented this to the media departments at each team in the Premier League, and apparently the media departments are very happy for it to go ahead. <laughs> Second of all, People don't. I don't think people realise that Jeff Shreves isn't actually as good as people think he is. Uh, and third of all, um, when I've seen the All or Nothing documentaries, the fact that like NFL coaches, as they're on the touchline, are having to talk to the commentators is yeah. the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I completely agree. Completely, I think it's so stupid. The idea, and I've watched. They actually years. do rugby. They're doing rugby with like some of the coaches, like not the main coach, but like one of the coaches talks to the commentators. I'm like, yeah. What? What? Like. He's not going to be... I don't care. Like, it's like, what, what insights is he going to give to you? Yeah. Like, like say manager's 3-0 down. What's he going to turn around and say, like, Laura Woods? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm terrified. I'm going to lose my job. Go- <laughs> like, can I get back to talking to my team? Because I'm losing time here. I want to speak to them. Sort this out. Can you imagine Warnock being told that? Oh, it's a good thing Warnock's retired. I think that's... <laughs> as well, actually, it's a good thing Deitch is out of the game. I couldn't imagine well, Deitch being... Good at half time, two yeah. or three nil down, you know. Yeah. But yeah, my main in the mud this week, and he sort of landed himself in it, and the entire thing's just bizarre to me. And it's Gary Neville, because of course it is. So as we know, yeah. Gary loves the world get, of politics. Gary. Yeah, Gary loves the world of politics, and especially loves digging in the bojo. Just yes, right, because the guy. Not really a fan, yeah. Yeah, the guy's a clown, so f- yeah. fair enough. Yeah, fair. But a guy tweeted this week, and I don't know an awful lot about politics, Chris, so this guy's name might mean more than it does me. Uh, Paul Why? I don't know how to pronounce that. W-A-U-G-H. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, so this guy tweets a photo of Bojo and says, the number t- uh, defence, if more fines come, if you're caught speeding at 35 mile an hour four times, that doesn't mean that you were caught speeding at 140 mile an hour. It doesn't mean that you're really endangered life because the cumulative effect of all your speeding in 30 mile an hour zones amounts to 140 mile an hour, does it? Right, what? whatever. What? Is that guy paid to do that? <laughs> well, wherever that's come from, I don't really know context there, I don't care. Well, it's about the, par- what- the parties that are being fined. It's all oh, okay. Stuff, yeah. So where it gets interesting to me is that Gary Neville retweets this and says, I can relate to this, was recently caught speeding around <laughs> 35 to 40 mile an hour for first time in 30 years. I'm now over 12 points, so I'm banned because that is the law. And when you break the law, it means no excuses, no gaslighting, no lies, speed kills, and I'm so sorry. What? Like, <laughs> what the? I mean, no one asked you to tell us that you've been caught speeding. <laughs> Um, I mean, like, I, 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 I sort of respect it on one level. Um, Big Gene, I've just all letting us know he needs a chauffeur to take him wherever he goes. Uh, well, indeed, yeah. And of course, the, the classic responses below where you had the sort of big Tory crowd getting at him, blah, blah, blah. But then football Twitter got up right, and immediately right. started pointing towards the fact that Gary has more points on his license than he ever got with Valencia. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think you'll take that to be honest. <laughs> like, I, mean, I just 
I just had one look at him. I was like, oh, why? Because <laughs> no, it's far too much like retrospection on Valencia. Like he's not actually ashamed of it anymore. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I was just like, Gary, why are you grassing yourself up? And so it's, but yeah, Gary Neville, halftime interviews, and Derby County kits all in the month this week. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. So Chris has gone to a couple of midweek fixtures. Do you have anything to leave us on? Um, uh, big week of mid- midweek features like yeah there's a lot going on yeah it was all kicking off in Scotland yesterday because of the um, Scottish Cup semi-finals where Hearts, Hibs and Celtic Rangers so it was all, all happening <laughs> get the fan figures in yeah um, so all I'll, all I'll say is Gorgie <laughs> but yeah we've this midweek we've Liverpool, Man United Chelsea, Arsenal Everton, Leicester at that end of the table Burnley, Southampton oh yes we, we didn't give a shout out to Leicester for getting to the semi-finals of the Europa Conference League doesn't um, matter, Jose Mourinho's been that. Well, because Jose Mourinho overcame the mighty the mighty Bodo Glimt. Bodo slash Glimt have finally fallen. And um, tanked them as well. The manager after last week, just an update, the manager after he was, you know, um fighting with the goalkeeping coach. Yes. He stood in the stands Arshan Wenger style this this <laughs> in this game. So that uh, that smacked at the Olympico as Toddy watched on. I honestly don't know who would be more unbearable if they won this tournament between Brendan Rodgers and Jose Mourinho. <laughs> yeah, both of them will be treating this as though it's a Champions League victory. I, if you haven't seen it, watch Dimitri Payet score for Marseille in the same competition, which is probably one of the best goals ever scored in football. Was a cracking hit. The, like, oh my days. I do, I, I do love the guy. And that is a perfect place to leave us off. <laughs> so thanks to everyone for listening. We actually, final point, we're useless at Talking about milestones, we recently oh, hit oh, six thousand yes. downloads. Yeah. Uh, so right. thanks to everyone for doing all that and getting the downloads in and sharing it out there. So if you want to pitch in with a sponsorship deal, we're open to offers. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but yes, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>